So it was um, just about taking things like a step at a time and, and getting stuck in and, and doing it. And at the end of the day, if you if you can make a difference to one person's life, you've done something good. And so when people are, are looking at the bigger picture and saying, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe it's not going to make a difference, just to change one person's life is an incredible opportunity and privilege that we have. Welcome to the Together Podcast, a conversation on faith, justice, and how to change the world. I'm here with Chris. Hey, how's it going? And today we're bringing you a bonus episode. It was recorded at the Together Weekend, which was a gathering of young adults passionate about changing the world and making a difference. And in one of the sessions, we were introduced to three different people and had a panel discussion on how they use their spheres of influence to change the world. And it was really interesting because they were three very different people. We had one professional who worked in the city as a management consultant. We had one student who goes to Manchester University and one entrepreneur who'd started an ethical business. And what's really interesting is they bring different perspectives, but all of the perspectives were relevant for, for everybody and there's some real gold in there. So I'm gonna introduce you to Chuma who hosted the panel discussion um, and he's gonna tell you a little bit more about the three people taking part. So before we go further, I'm just going to introduce our panelists. So we have Roran here, uh, we have Abby, and we have Katie on the end. So before we start, could you guys just tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Rowan. Um, I work for a company called PwC. Um, I do consulting work on kind of project management type stuff for mm -hmm. a range of projects, every kind of project, could be anywhere, anywhere in the world really. Um, so I've been doing that for about four and a half years since I left uni. Yeah, and where are you living now? Uh, Mile End at the moment, so Mile central end. London, yeah. East London. Yeah. yeah, East London. Anyone from East London? Yeah. <laughs> give it up, give it up. That's so, so good. And uh, Abby. Hi, I'm Abby. Um, I'm a student. Um, I'm from Manchester, big up the north. <laughs> um, I'm studying speech and language therapy. Um, I went into that course after doing um, an internship year with Christian Aid in London. Um, so I'm in my third year of four years of study. Um, if you don't know, speech and language therapy is all about communication and swallowing. Uh, so it could be working with really young children right up until um, older people who've maybe had a stroke or a brain injury. Um, and it's all about helping people to thrive and, and still um, get the best out of life despite their communication impairment. Oh, so, so good. And Katie? Yes, I'm Katie. I'm 23 years old. Um, I studied architecture and then graduated in 2016. Became a Christian in that final year, and then my whole life flipped upside down, and ended up with Tear Fund ICS um, in Bangladesh. And then soon after that, Juliet and I started Branch Brush, which is the toothbrushes that you guys would have hey. been given. Um, I hope you guys have used them. Has anyone used it yet? Yeah, it is, it is like really daunting. And, um, but yeah, if you come and find us, we'll show you all the how-tos um, and all the tips. Um, yeah, so we run Branch Brush and I do like a little side hustle of painting Bibles. There's one floating around somewhere. I kind of lost track of it. Um, but yeah, it's around. That's what I do. No, that's cool. That's cool. So what made you guys like, decide to tackle poverty or just get involved in the things you're, you're involved in? Uh, so we're going to like expand more on that in a little bit. But what kind of like sparked your interest for justice or for helping people living in poverty? Sure, okay. Yeah. Um, so the thing that sparked me was coming to something like this and just hearing 
hearing about it through conversation um, was like the biggest thing. So yeah, like conversations are key. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess like knowing and seeing the impact that we can have, so like hearing those testimonial stories um, and like the, the positive changes that have been occurring over time, um, those kind of things really sparked it. Um, and yeah, like toothbrushes are so overlooked, <laughs> um, but it is, it is plastic um, and we use it every single day. And so now when I go to my bathroom and I see like my stepdad's plastic toothbrush, I'm like, what is going on? I get constant reminders. Yeah. And so I think just being in an environment where you have those constant reminders really ignites you to want to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Abby, what would you say? Like, what sparked your interest in like helping people uh, living in poverty or tackling poverty? I think for me, um, my time at Christian Aid was really fundamental uh, to that. And um, we went off to Brazil as a part of the the year, and went out and met people who were um, being helped by Christian Aid and partnering on the ground with the stuff they were doing. And I think for me, I all of a sudden realised it was people, and they had like names and stories, and it wasn't just like statistics where I'd maybe learnt throughout school, like. Um, yeah, there were numbers and actually going on that trip and building relationships with people, I came away like still, yeah, like I can picture people now who like had a huge impact on me on that trip and um, came back from that and, and met some other students who'd been um, involved in a movement called Just Love. Um, and I went and set up a group in Manchester with a couple of friends. Um, and yeah, it's been quite a big journey from there. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I be became Christian sort of end of my second year of uni. So that was kind of part of the start of it, of where I probably started looking into this stuff more. Um, it was probably when I started working, though, and I kind of joked that it all started because of pizza, basically, because <laughs> uh, I was invited to an event at work from the Christian Network who, um, when they offered pizza, so mm -hmm. I went along. But um, I'd say it's one of those things that, yeah, you often come to conferences and hear a lot about, and I'd be like, oh, it's really great, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and in this case, it was just saying yes to stuff that was on offer. So, impact, so Tear Fund came uh, to, to my office um, with this Impact Life stuff we'll talk probably more about. Um, and I was asked if I wanted to go, and I just said yes. And then just said, yeah, I'll do it. Um, so it felt quite easy, but I think, yeah, just getting around people who were doing stuff with it and saying yes to stuff, that was basically it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Abby, you mentioned Just Love and getting involved with them at uni. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? And yeah, how you found out about them, how you got involved and what they do? Yeah, so uh, Just Love is um, all about inspiring a movement of um, students who um, are rooted in um, what the Bible teaches about justice um, and actually going and acting on that and actually asking big questions like what if I got to know um, the people on the street near my uni campus? What if I actually use my time at uni to make a massive difference? What if when I then go and apply for jobs, I actually think really differently about that and go on to influence the sphere that I then work in? Um, so I just met some people at, I think it was a Christian festival you know when you're just walking around those tables and everyone's trying to give you stuff and I stopped and I got chatting and I was really surprised they didn't have a group in Manchester and then I learned that uh, they'd only started up a couple of years ago in Oxford um, so I went off as a really keen fresher um, found some other friends and we set up a group um, and what that actually looks like is like regular volunteering in our city and um, getting stuck in with projects that are already going and hopefully really encouraging other students to give their time and talents 
um, as students, we do tend to have a lot of free time. It depends what course you do, but a lot of people have, you know, that time in the week where they have a lie-in or they're not really doing much. And actually, what an impact we could have if we, like, accumulated those student hours. Yeah. Um, so volunteering has been a massive part of it for me, um, but also getting involved in campaigns and fundraising. So we did the Mean Bean Challenge with Tear Fund last year, which was a lot of fun. It was quite hard. So it's five days of um, oats, rice and beans and just water to fundraise. Um, but yeah, it's been an amazing experience setting it up. You guys made songs of praise, right? We did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to have rice and beans with Kate Botley, who's um, the vicar from Gogglebox. And it was really funny because in like the pauses between filming, um, she's such a jokester. So she was like getting all the spoons that we had from the meal and like balancing them on her face. And she was trying to get us to compete with her. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And um, I think it made some people in my home church very happy that <laughs> they saw us on Songs yeah, of Praise. Yeah. That's yeah. So cool. <laughs> and so Just Love was in the first group you saw started up in Manchester, is it? Um, mm. And me and you actually met uh, at an event for Chasing Zero. Uh, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Mm. And um, just why you think actually university is a good place for like starting things up? Mm. And uh, yeah, just how you did that as well. Yeah, so Tuma and I took part in an ambassador scheme um, and I joined at the, st at the start of uni um, and Chasing Zero is all about um, talking to people about HIV and AIDS and actually just educating students on that and the impact it has on uh, people living in poverty and the realities and debunking some myths around it as well um, and that looked like um, doing some stuff on campus It might have just been like a pub quiz but we got to chat about HIV and AIDS and raise some money for the charity um, and actually I found uni it's just been such an amazing time to have a go at stuff and it's okay if it maybe fails or doesn't go perfectly it's such a forming time where you're making some of your friends for life and actually I feel like it's such a training ground for what God has for me next um, and yeah so it's been really exciting to be part of pioneering those groups and what would you say have been the challenges of doing that of starting groups up doing things like mm -hmm. Just Love Chasing Zero like what are some of the hard things that you've gone through or the challenges rather yeah, I think a big one is probably when others um, disagree with you. Uh, we've spoken a lot about that today, specifically around climate change, and that can be really hard um, if you're wanting to start something and other people maybe don't see the value in it or they doubt uh, your ability. Yeah. Um, but actually, as young people and young adults, I think like we have such influence, um, especially with things like social media now. Like We can influence such a mass of people in one go. Um, so yeah, that was probably one of the biggest challenges, people saying, oh, it won't work, you don't have the time, you don't have the resources. Um, and yet we've seen that God's been super faithful and um, he's given us some amazing ideas and we've just built some really cool relationships in our community um, that's meant that my time at uni has gone far beyond a degree. Um, I'm still able to enjoy that studying, but actually like my time at uni has been so enriched by that. Um, yeah. Ah, so, so good. And uh, Rowan, so you've been involved um, um, with the program called Impact Life, so you've been tackling poverty. So could you tell us a little bit about Impact Life, what it is, and sort of how you got involved with it as well? Yeah, yeah so Impact Life is, um, it was started about four years ago by Tear Fund, and <clears throat> the idea was to try and make a way for helping young adults get involved in their giving and become more generous. It's kind of like, how do we inspire young adults to become more generous? I think it's trying to tackle some of the issues of we often want to feel more connected to what we're giving to than often we, we are by 
the general charity methods. Um, so in this sense, about eight people come together into a group. Um, in my group, which was the first one, it was people from lots of different companies, all Christian, so different churches as well. So it was great um, getting to know a group of new people. And then choosing a project together, um, one of Tier Fund's projects to donate towards. Um, and the idea is that as a group, either through your giving or giving plus fundraising, depending on how you want to do it, um, you give about £10,000 a year to that project. Um, and you'll meet up sort of four times in a year with your, with your group, and you can meet as many times as you want outside of that. But um, that's the overall gist of the scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so good. And uh, why would you say you got involved with Impact Life? Right. So to say, it wasn't necessarily a huge amount of thought beforehand. I was invited to an event uh -huh. um, to kind of hear about it. Yeah. And that also happened to be the event where they were like, so do you want to do it? And there were just eight of us there. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would think I was looking for ways to get more involved in, um, with my, both with my faith and also with justice and with poverty. And, and, and this just happened to be something that turned up and was available and suited my life circumstances. So I think I've grown and understood it a lot more since I've been on it than yeah, necessarily yeah. being in a great, amazing place before it. I mean, like, yeah, I'm going to proactively go and get that. Mm. And would you say you've learned a lot about generosity through that? Um, and if so, like, what have you learned about it? Yeah, definitely. I, um, even when I became a Christian, I, I still struggled with generosity, with tithing and what I should do. And um, I think... This was a great, it kind of forced me to be like, right, we're going to give money to this as a group. We can talk about our giving, which you don't often get to do. Yeah. Um, and I'd say it's helped me connect with the global church as well because we're supporting projects around the world. We got to go to Myanmar last year, which is where that was the project we were supporting. We've now, we're now supporting one in Bangladesh. Um, so just getting to understand that it is a big world and people live in very different circumstances has been great. I think what I've learned about generosity um, is kind of that it, it's very personal um, in the sense that I think God has a different, different types and levels of generosity for all of us. And quite often it, we're looking for rules of generosity. Should I give 10%? Should I copy what that person's doing? Who do I give to? How much do I give? I could give my whole, all of everything I have away and be homeless, but is that the right thing? You know? And I think I've just been learning that actually I need to ask God how much I should be giving and to who more often. Yeah. Um, and sometimes he might say, don't give anything because I want you to save to do that. And sometimes he might say, give way more than I'm comfortable giving. Mm. But yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest generosity lessons that I've been learning. Yeah, so, so good. Uh, we were talking earlier just before this and we talked about how as a generation, we don't really talk about money anymore, do we? And especially like in a Christian context, it's sort of like, I don't know, uh, it's sort of like some sort of unspoken thing that we don't talk about money in church um, or in like church context. And so um, you were saying that actually when it comes to giving sometimes that sometimes we feel a little bit like, yeah, I don't know, we don't really want to give. So when someone says, could you give 20 pounds to this? We don't really give. But then the same day, like we could go to the pub and like spend 20 pounds on like a pint or something without thinking. But when someone asks you, asks you to give like that same amount, like you don't really want to do it. Uh, which is really, really interesting. Uh, but what would you say, like, do you reckon there's a reason why we don't talk about money in church? Or, um, yeah, what would you say about that? Um, it's largely, you know, I think it's societal. It's not just church. Yeah. We just don't really like talking about money. Um, 
I don't think I know necessarily why we don't talk about it. Mm. Um, but I do. I am now more comfortable to talk about it myself. Yeah. Um, and I think that only happens by doing it, um, finding the right people to do it with, in the right spaces to do it in. And I think so. Tier Fund is, you know, great. This has been a great way of creating spaces yeah. for that to happen. I think that's been. Good. And uh, what would you say the biggest challenge has been with uh, Impact Life or getting involved with something that's like, yeah, with generosity in general? What's the biggest challenge when it comes to that? So the other part of Impact Life is that you're meant to be praying for the project. You know, you're meant to be giving spiritual support to the project, and that's as big as the money. Um, and even though we are more connected, so we'll get reports quarterly sort of from tier funds saying, giving updates on the project and what's happening, you're still very remote. And day to day, you have so many other things going on that one of the biggest challenges was just remembering to pray and remembering to think about those people. Um, so as a group, we, we've wrestled with that over the last four years and tried to find different ways of reminding ourselves of other people around the world who we don't see, really, and um, what it looks like to support the sort of the rest of the church from afar or people from afar. That's probably been one of the biggest challenges, yeah. yeah. And uh, would you have any advice for people here who'd want to get involved with, like, yeah, giving something like Impact Life or generosity in general? Because um, I think a lot of the narrative uh, around generosity says that actually students don't have money or people at a certain point in life don't have money. So do you think actually there's a specific stage in life where you start giving or it's like a habit that you have and you need to develop from, like, whenever, really? It's tough. I struggled as a student with the, the questions of like, this isn't even really my money. It's kind of my parents' money or a loan. You know, like, should I be giving this away and then asking for more money? Like, does that really work? Um, <clears throat> I probably don't have a full answer on that even now, but I think generosity is definitely a heart thing. I think if you want to be a giving kind of person, um, that's the place to start. And beyond that, it's just kind of keeping your ears open and your heart open for things that feel like worthy causes to you and that's probably your prompting from God that that's where your money should go. Mm -hmm. um, I think God, for me, God's spoken a lot to me just, it's just from through my heart but also then trying to pray about it um, to be more specific but I wouldn't say there is a rule. I try, I, that's where I'm moving towards is to try and take us away from rule-based generosity and more towards relational generosity with God. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so good, mate. Um, so, Katie, you spoke about Branch Brush. Um, yes. And, yeah, could you tell us a little bit about how that started? Yeah, great story. Um, so, I had just come to a, the Together Weekend event two years ago, uh -huh. which is where I met you, Chima. Yeah, um, way good back. times. Yeah, we go back. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I had come back from this weekend. I decided to vlog it. Um, so I was at home about to upload my video all about the Together Weekend when my Wi-Fi just decided to stop working, which just doesn't happen in this day and age. Um, so I was like, okay, what do I need to do? Call the best friend. Call Julietta. I'm like, Ju, I need to come over to your house right now. I've got a video that needs to be up. We're going to do this. So I go over to Ju's house, and I'm literally mumbling to myself, like not even like cohesive words are coming out, I'm just mumbling like, oh, bamboo, yeah, bamboo, yeah, yeah. Um, and she turns to me and she's like, are you talking about those, like the stick toothbrush? And I'm like, uh, yeah, bamboo, like the ba bamboo toothbrush. And she's like, no, 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 it's like a stick. And I'm like, what? So she runs upstairs and she literally brings down a stick. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay, so how is this a toothbrush? 
Um, and so she explains that her dad, who is from Afghanistan, um, brings over these toothbrushes, which are completely natural and organic. Um, and they're harvested from the root of a tree. And that's what they use to brush their teeth, still to this day, in the Middle East and in Africa. Um, and so it's got natural antibacterial properties that teeth whiten, takes away your bad breath, um, and yeah, it does everything that toothpaste would do, except you don't need toothpaste. It's all just built in to Mother Nature's gift. Um, so yeah, so that very night, we were like, okay, let's do it. She was more excited than I was. Um, I don't know anything about business, so uh, yeah, she was like the, the pusher. She's the dreamer, yeah. Um, I'm the like the realist and so um, yeah that was it she was like let's do it now like if not now then when you know and if not us then who so yeah, that I, was it Branch Brush was born Branch Brush was born yeah. yeah and would you say business is a good way of like fighting poverty um, yes I think um, every I think every business nowadays should have some sort of social impact on it I don't think it's a good business if it doesn't have that <laughs> um, and so yeah it is it's our responsibility and so as business people and stewards of the earth we have to um, make those decisions like we were speaking about earlier you have to make the decision it's not just in the conversation um, yeah so uh, yeah it's important to make those decisions especially when you have the power and you have the ideas and the passion to do so and what were the, so like some of the challenges starting brunch brush up is it mm. um, is it easy or is it challenging but yeah just tell us a bit about that yeah um, so initially we started it and uh, I think for us and our group of friends and like our spheres that we were in, um, at first it was difficult to be like, hey guys, we're starting this new business and it's like a, a toothbrush. And, like our friends were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like what you mean you're selling a toothbrush? Um, but yeah, we all, everyone has this mindset, like uh, some of us more than others. Um, we have this mindset of Okay, so we first got given our plastic toothbrush when we were like young, 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 and that's it. That's just how we know it, and that's not that's not our fault. It's just like other companies, they you know they produce those things. Um, but yeah, so one of the challenges is the mindset. People have this mindset, um, and it's difficult to tackle that, especially in our society. Like everyone has a toothbrush at hand, everyone has toothpaste at hand. It's just the thing that we do. Um, whereas in places that they still use it now, that's all they've ever used. Um, so, but our, our argument is that really we're going back to what we originally had. And so to get to where we are now, we had to, we had to have changed mindsets and challenge those things. So we're just trying to take it back really. Um, yeah, so that's one of our biggest issues is the mindset thing. Yeah. Mm. And uh, what advice would you have for someone here who might want to start a business mm -hmm. or something similar? Yeah, um, I would say just do it. Like, don't don't be scared. God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the call the called. Um, I definitely did not think that I would be in the like the oral hygiene <laughs> market at all. Um, I did not decide that one day. Um, but yeah, just go and do it. Be brave. Have conversations with people. Um, get involved, like, get a little team together. Like, if I didn't have Julieta, then I, this wouldn't be a thing, really. Like, she's the business, I'm the, like, creative. Um, and so, yeah, just do it. Don't be scared. Speak to people um, and think of a plan. Because in my head, when she was like, let's make this a business, 
I was like, okay, like how, how do we make it a business? Um, and yeah, she was really good at breaking it down. And so I think when you sit down and break down the steps to get to that goal, it becomes a lot simpler. So the first thing that we did was draw out a, a logo design um, and then think of a name and then make a website, buy some stock. Um, yeah, it is just step by step. Mm. So, so good. And so this is a question for all of you guys. Um, so heaven's up for answering can answer. Um, but uh, how do you stay inspired? Like how do you like avoid burnout? Do you get like social justice burnout when you think like, right, I'm trying to make a difference, but then you just get hit by the reality of everyday life. Like how do you stay inspired with what you do? I think engaging with weekends like this um, is massively helpful. And then some of us in my group at the back, we're talking about podcasts and um, using little times in the day, like, for me, walking to uni, I love to listen to podcasts. And this year, I've tried to set myself the challenge of listening to one a day, which might only be half an hour of my time. Um, so just staying like plugged into like current conversation, hearing different opinions, and then bringing that into my current talking with my housemates about it, um, talking with my Bible study group about it. I shared it with my church leader, like some of the stuff I'd learned through Tear Fund about ethical living. And um, that led to us getting like church branded keep cups because we didn't have our own building and we were using paper cups all the time. Um, and so actually, yeah, just engaging in that conversation and like just constantly learning and growing because we're never going to be perfect with it. And there's always going to be things that we can't change right then and there. Um, and also I think a really important thing is um, looking for good rest within it all. But seeing that rest time is like um, you have that time to chill out and to reconnect with God to then go off and do the mission. It's not just like, a, oh, I have to stop here for a second. Like we actually like a commission from that Sabbath rest um, and keeping that is hard especially in a busy work schedule where you're like oh but I want to go and like meet up with this person for coffee or I want to go to like that homeless drop-in or read that thing and um, but actually safeguarding the rest time because it's only from then that we can love people well because you've got to uh, love God and love yourself really really well before you can actually properly love other people and and do that um I suppose effectively um, otherwise we'll all just be very tired burnt out people um, and that's not what we're made for so I obviously don't work directly in social justice kind of areas and I think so I think burnout for me looks more like wanting to have more of an impact than I am having or um, maybe my job allows or my time allows and kind of thinking right, right, right I'm really passionate I'm going to go and get involved and then I can't find anything that allows me to get involved and I can just then there's no point, like it's not going to change. Um, so sometimes you might come to something like this and be like, yeah, I'm really fired up. Then you get home like, I don't know where to go to start getting involved and lose hope again. So I think um, what's been great about Impact Life is the, is the group element of it. It's the fact that you've got eight other people, whatever it is, that you meet up as much as you want um, to encourage each other, um, to remind each other that you are making a difference and that it is important what's happening um, even if you're not the one on the ground, if you're the one giving the money and saying the prayers, I think when that's the kind of impact that you're having, it's important to stay in community and remind each other that that matters. Um, yeah, and then beyond that, like reading and just consuming information, coming to events to get fired up again is great. Um, but I think having people to then go back and talk to that about um, is what really makes it stick for me and inspires me to make, take action somewhere. Um, yeah, like definitely 
being like having this community. Um, I know a lot of my friends back in London, they're not so much on the whole like social justice, poverty kind of, they don't, they don't think like that. Um, so yeah, like these events are really important and like the online community. Um, also, yeah, just like you said, um, God, like sticking in the word, being with him, um, staying on track. I know when I feel like burnt out or um, like, oh, this is the end, I can't do it anymore. I always like lock myself in my room. I'm like, I need to spend time with Jesus. Um, and yeah, like shut the whole world out and figure out like, what what your reason is and like he is he is our reason um and that's enough to really like keep me going so i yeah i know if i'm ever feeling burnt out go straight to him mm-hmm. now thank you so much guys uh, we really appreciate your time and just thank you for taking the time out um, and just to come and sit on this panel with us this evening uh, can you have a round of applause for the panel <laughs> Great, so Chris, we were both at the Together Weekend, both had a brilliant time. Just listening back on that panel discussion, what kind of stands out for you? I think one of the things is just hearing from Abby, uh, hearing about how she started up Just Love in Manchester. It was really kind of inspiring to hear how, you know, it's a kind of classic sort of David Goliath sort of situation where you've got a young person saying, I want to do this, I want to make a difference, I want to make an impact, and people just saying, nah, it's not going to work, you're not qualified, you're too young, etc. But despite that, we can look forward now and see just how far it's come and how much of an impact it's had. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we sometimes get so put off by the comments of others when they <laughs> they think they're trying to be helpful, but they've just been like, oh, maybe you should uh, scale your plans back and that. But um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're told, aren't we, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. You know, yeah. we, we, are, uh, we are young, but we also uh, come with lots of passion and energy because of that. And I think um, what I love about what Abby said was um, just about taking things like a step at a time and, and getting stuck in and, and doing it. And at the end of the day, if you if you can make a difference to one person's life, you've done something good. Yeah. And so when people are, are looking at the bigger picture and saying, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe it's not going to make a difference. Just to change one person's life is an incredible opportunity and privilege that we have. Um, and so, so that's really good. I think the bit that stayed with me is when Rome was talking about how we can make a difference to people when our day to day looks quite mundane and similar. Mm. And so he was talking about, you know, office life, being in the office. What does that mean? Um, And he was focusing on on his colleagues and people around him. And I think what I love about um, Impact Life is that it gives you an opportunity to to get out of your bubble, to to look beyond your desk and your computer screen, Mm. to realize that. you know, we're, we're very privileged to have disposable income yeah. that makes a difference. And so um, why don't we take that one further and rather than just uh, setting up a direct debit, why don't we see how close we can connect with the projects and the people that we're actually trying to help through giving financially? Yeah. Um, and what does it mean to actually, rather than the financial goal, put prayer at the heart of that? Um, and as as Rome was saying with the project that he was supporting, being able to, to prayerfully uh, to support that as well as financially support that is, yeah. is such a good way of, of getting your head above your day-to-day usual routine. Yeah, definitely. And it, it really kind of calls out to me this kind of 
idea of like what it means to be a missionary i feel like growing up we all kind of had this vision of oh you're going to go to like this remote village that no one knows where it is etc but actually just as like the world has become more connected on the internet so has mission and kind of mm, i think like yeah. mission is your everyday mission doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave your country it means whatever god has given you to pass on that's what you do. So whether it is, like you said, financial, whether it is in prayer and support, and like you said, through Impact Life, coming together with other people to do that is an incredible opportunity. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's great that Rowan found some people through um, the the kind of Christian initiative, it, it, his work, um, but finding like-minded people who are in a similar situation to you, um, but who also care for the world yeah. uh, is is again something that is is really important for people to do to to lift their perspective. So that's cool. Yeah, and then I think just hearing uh, Katie talk about like the birth of Branch Brush, incredible and inspiring. It's one of those things where you know you meet someone who maybe just maybe a bit younger than you, and you think, how, <laughs> how what am I doing so with my far? life? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's incredible. Such a simple idea, and again, it kind of ties into I think a bit about what Joe was saying on the last podcast about you know getting these different perspectives. You know, here we've got this solution to you know the waste that comes from uh, toothbrushes that comes from a. Uh, African Middle Eastern context mm. and it's actually this kind of sometimes we always have this idea of oh you know we're going to help civilization move forward <laughs> or whatever from the western perspective yeah. but actually the entire world is already doing stuff that we sometimes we overlook so seeing how they're bringing that into the western market um, and yeah like treating it as a business but also treating it as a business for good um, not only in not only in the materials they use, but also in the ethos and how they use their money as well. I think it's really, really inspiring. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think you can see that they're, they're going to go far just from the passion they have for yeah. it as well. So totally agree with you. Thanks for tuning into this bonus episode. Uh, listen again on the 1st of April. We're joined by Governor B. He's going to be telling us about a recent trip he did to Zambia and everything he learned. So stay tuned for that one. Hit the subscribe button and it'll get downloaded straight to your phone. You can also follow us on Instagram at We Are Tear Fund. We've loved sharing this episode with you and we hope to see you soon. <laughs>